Chapter 9 of the Story of Garfield by William G. Rutherford. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by William Tomko. The Story of Garfield by William G. Rutherford. Chapter 9 Faithful Work. A New Employment at the Potash Works. Desire for a Seafaring Life. On a Farm Again. One day, Farmer Smith called at Mrs. Garfield's house to ask James to help him in weeding the peppermint, adding at the same time that he had engaged twenty boys for this special purpose. Mrs. Garfield said that her son was at that time very busy, and she thought that the farmer would have enough boys without him. The farmer replied that without James he should have altogether too many. He had engaged them with the intention of getting James to lead them because of the wonderful influences he had over them. James, said the farmer, is a fast worker, and all the time he so interests the boys with stories, anecdotes, and fun that they do their best to keep up with him. I am quite willing, he continued, to pay James something extra, and I shall then be the gainer by engaging him. The farmer had employed James before at similar work, and therefore he knew the value of such an active, cheerful servant. Once more he agreed to take command of the weeders, and the work was again done to the entire satisfaction of the shrewd farmer. The last job in which James helped the carpenter was the building of a shed in connection with a large potash factory. The owner of the work saw him, and noticed how he gave his whole mind to the business in hand. As soon as it was done, he was eager to employ the lad. When James received an offer of nearly three pounds a month from the manufacturer, he was filled with surprise. It was nearly ten shillings more than was usually paid. "'I want just such a hand as you in my business,' said the man, "'and you may come as soon as you like, and remain as long as you please.' "'I must first consult my mother,' said James, "'and if she consents, I shall begin work on Monday.' Mrs. Garfield was filled with fear when she heard of Mr. Barton's offer. She said that the rate of wages was high, but the workmen who were engaged in the factory were rough and coarse in their speech and manner of life. James replied that he had no fear of being led away by their bad example. He said that evils would meet him everywhere, and that he was quite able to resist all temptation to do wrong. The wise mother did not question the strength of his power to resist evil, but she reminded him of the text, Let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. Then, when she had sufficiently impressed upon his mind that there was a real need for the utmost care, she gave her consent. Indeed, she could hardly refuse when James reminded her that he was waiting for Providence to open a door, and that if Providence had not opened this door, he should never know when Providence did open one. James went to the factory on the following Monday morning, and was at once set to keep the books of the establishment and attend to the buying and the selling of the potash. The manner in which he attended to business caused Mr. Barton to place absolute confidence in him and to treat him with the utmost kindness. James was the first to enter the factory in the morning, and the last to leave it at night. The men who brought ashes for sale were not always honest, and they often charged far more than they delivered. James, in measuring their loads, soon found out that his master was being systematically robbed. He put an end to such unprincipled conduct, and thereby still further increased Mr. Barton's confidence in him. 
At the works, the men were, as his mother had described them, to be rough in manner and very profane in their conversation. This gave James so much pain that he kindly but firmly pointed out the wickedness as well as the uselessness of swearing, and though he was told that it was no business of his to take notice of these things, his presence was an influence for good over them. While living in Barton's house, he read a number of books on seafaring life and the doings of famous pirates. They fired his imagination so much that he never tired of reading them, and he conceived a strong desire to be a sailor. This desire became stronger every day, and when Mr. Barton spoke to him about settling down to the potash business, James told him he wanted to go to sea. The old man spoke strongly against such a course, and told him that if he would stay in his service, he might look forward to the time when he would have a factory of his own. James was not willing to give up his idea of going to sea, but he remained for some months with his employer. One day, however, Mr. Barton's daughter spoke of him as a hired servant, and this made James so angry that, in spite of the persuasions of his master, he left the factory and returned home on the following day. His mother was glad to see him back again, though she did not agree with his hasty action in leaving without notice. James explained to his mother that he had not taken offense at being called a hired servant, but at the insulting manner in which the words were said. Then he filled her heart with dread by expressing a wish to go to sea. This was a severe blow to his mother, who told him that she could never give her consent to that. She even told him to say no more about taking such a step unless he wanted to make her unhappy. As a man who had engaged to do the work on Mrs. Garfield's farm, James once more went away in search of a job. This time he was employed by an uncle who lived in Newburgh to chop wood. While there, he lodged with his sister, Mehetabel, who had been married some time before. He now worked within sight of Lake Erie, and his desire to be a sailor was intensified when he saw the vessel sailing to and fro on the broad expanse of water before him. At first, he lost much time watching the ships, but when he found that his work suffered, he gave it all his attention. When he spoke to his sister about being a sailor, she replied as her mother had done, and told him that he had better be anything than that. He was too clever, she said, to throw away his abilities on board a ship. When the work was done, James carried the money he had earned to his mother, and then engaged to help a farmer who lived a few miles away. The work was very hard, and the men were busy from early morning till late at night. James, however, would not be beaten. If I can't do as much as others do, he said, I will give up the job. At the end of the season, he received his wages, and the farmer said, as he paid him, You've done well. End of chapter 9 Recording by William Tomko